is a stick up Somebody place a cool gun in your back Taken by surprise No one to yell to No one around to help you You ask what do you want from me He said just Hello everybody uh, Good to uh, be here again uh, To uh, bring to you the word of God today uh, Most certainly been missing the family um, coming together so much and uh, sometimes when I see some of you passing and, uh, we come by or we call or whatever whatever it's always a joy and sending the church family we pray and hope that all is well with you guys you guys staying safe and, uh, and healthy and uh, we're, we're looking forward and planning setting things in place hoping that um, we can come back together soon but you keep keep praying and uh, keep studying that word and stay on your knees and, and prayer and and, um, and, and, and and trust in God that God is, God is on the throne and uh, he, he knows all that is going on and he got us he got us um, uh, in every way so we, we love you guys and we're going to bring your word to God a word of God today from Mark chapter chapter 6 and um, we're going to have a word of prayer and, and then we'll, we'll give you the verses okay let's have a word of prayer Father we pray in the name of Jesus Lord that the word uh, that we will bring today will uh, be sown on hearts that is open that is receptive uh, Lord that is hungry and thirsty for your word we pray, God, that it will bring forth 30, 60, and 100 fold. We pray, Lord, that you will strengthen us, keep us encouraged, keep our hearts strengthened, Lord, uh, in every way, Father. We love you. Thank you for Jesus making it possible through his death, burial, and his resurrection. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen and amen. Um, yes, turn to uh, St. Mark. That's in your New Testament. Uh, we're going to look at chapter 6. Uh, we're going to read verse 35 and 36. And then we're going to skip down and read verse 41 uh, through uh, 44. Okay, you have your Bibles? You, got it? you ready? All right. Let's read verse 35 of Mark chapter 6. It says this. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desert place, and already the hour is late. Send them away that they might go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. Let's skip down to verse 41. Verse 41 says, And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed, and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and was filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves was about 5,000 men. Church today, I want to share with you about um, how to overcome negative circumstances how to overcome negative circumstances now if you've been living any time in, in, in your life you know that you 
uh, have already experienced some negative circumstances. Life is going to present us, uh, going to present those negative circumstances. Doesn't matter what you do, you can cross every T, and you can dot every I. Negative things still is going to happen. You can treat everybody right, and you still going to have enemies. You can manage your money well, and still something would happen to cause a negative in your checking account. You can eat healthy, exercise faithfully, and still experience sickness and pain because life presents to us circumstances that is negative. But the God who loves us, he knows, he understands that we live in a fallen world. The sin of Adam affected all, all of creation in a negative way. Before sin, man lived uh, in a perfect environment. Everything worked in harmony and in concert with him. But after sin entered history, it, it infected the whole human race and everything around us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that because of sin, even the creation groans in labor, waiting to be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Today, I want to talk to you about what you need to do and uh, that will help you overcome life negative circumstances. The word circumstance derived from two Latin words, circum, which means all around, and the word stance, which means standing in. So putting the two words together, it comes to mean the standing of one's surrounding condition. It has to do with a situation or environment that encompass or surround a person's existence. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and verse 9, Paul says this. He said, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, not but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. See, your circumstances could be environmental. Uh, that's why, a uh, good example, the coronavirus. That's an that's environmental uh, circumstance. Your circumstances could be social, dealing with other people, or other people that's involved in a negative way. Your circumstances could be economical, um, finances, uh, money, just a lack of resources. Looking at this narrative that we're going to talk about today, Jesus, his disciples, and the people who uh, the people was dealing with all three of them. It was environmental because they were stuck in a desert place. It was social because they they were faced with more than five thousand people hungry and had no food to eat. It was economical because they, uh, because they had more needs than they had money. When our life circumstances causes us uncertainty, fear, anxiety, we can go to Jesus. He can bring relief from unlikely resources. You don't believe me? You can ask Elijah. Elijah, God told Elijah to go to Zarephath. And there I have a widow that's going to meet your need. 
when our life circumstances are contrary, trying to take us where we don't want to go, we can call on Jesus and he will come even if he have to walk on water to get to us. I read a story about old Peter and the disciples in the boat when they thought they was going to be destroyed. Jesus saw them and Jesus came to them walking on the very thing that was trying to destroy them. When your circumstances are trying to take you hostage, you can't go to the left, you can't go to the right, you can't go forward. Listen to me. You can look to Jesus and, uh, and he knows how to make a way out of no way. I read about Moses and Moses showed us uh, through, through leading the children of Israel out of Egypt to the Red Sea. Couldn't go to the left, couldn't go to the right, couldn't go forward. But you know what happened? They called on Jesus. They called on God and God opened up the Red Sea and they went across the Red Sea on dry land. So here in Mark chapter 6, beginning uh, at verse 30, Jesus and his disciples was so busy doing ministry, they didn't have time to rest nor, uh, nor have a bite, get a bite to eat. So Jesus said to them, come along by yourself to a desert place and rest a while. But by the time that they arrived there, the people was already there and they still didn't have time to rest, neither to eat. But I want to share with you three truths on how to overcome life circumstances. Listen to this. In view of Jesus being our great high priest. That's the present ministry that he's doing right now for us. Number one, we want to talk about he sees us in our circumstances. He sees us in our circumstances. Number two, he feels us in our circumstances. And number three, he will help us in our circumstances. So, number one, he sees us in our circumstances. Verse 34 of Mark chapter 6, it says, And Jesus, when he came out, he saw a great multitude. Listen to that. When Jesus came out or came ashore, he saw a great multitude. Jesus saw all those people coming to him. Some with spiritual needs. Many, no doubt, were diseased, crippled, blind. And, and I imagine some was, had broken hearts and broken dreams and broken lives. They were all coming to Jesus from every direction. Now, in verse 35, if you read verse 35, you'll find that he saw the geographical condition of the people. In other words, they was in a desert place. Verse 35 again says, Jesus saw the desperate condition of the people. The day was far spent and the hour was late. In verse 36, Jesus saw the physical condition of the people. They were hungry. And they had nothing to eat. In verse 34, Jesus saw their spiritual condition of the people. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Jesus, as our great high priest, sees us right now. At this very present moment, he sees you. He, he knows what you're dealing with. He knows what you're going through. He knows 
uh, the highs and the lows that you're dealing with. He knows the poverty that you're in. He knows the stressors that is, that is stressing you. He knows. He sees you right where you're at, exactly what you're doing and what you're going through. In our circumstances, what we're going through, he knows what we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. The temptations that we are faced with, the weaknesses, sickness, brokenness, loneliness, limitations, and the lack of resources that we have to deal with. He sees the uncertainties of the very hour, this very hour, that's bringing fear, anxiety, and stress. My brothers and sisters, he sees it all. David said it like this, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous in Psalm 34 and 15. And I love what Job did. Job expand on that same verse. He says, he says, God keep, keeps his eyes on the righteous. The Lord, the Lord saw Hagar, how she had, how she was hated, unloved, kicked out. But Hagar called on the Lord in a desperate time, in a desert place. And the Lord showed up, his presence came there and, and ministered to, uh, the, to Hagar. And Hagar called that place, or called God, Jehovah Rohi, the God who sees me. God told Jacob, I have seen all that your uncle Laban has did to you. God told Moses, I have seen the affliction of my people. Jesus said this, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Why Jesus in the book of Mark, why Jesus was on the mountain praying. He saw his disciples toiling in the night, trying to make it through the storm. He saw them. And at the pool of Bethesda, among a multitude of six folk, check this out. Jesus saw a man. He saw a man. And not only he saw him, but he knew that he had been, had this infirmity for 38 years. God sees us. Now, may I submit to you? He sees you. He sees how long you've been dealing with a situation. He sees how bad your situation may be. He knows what kind of circumstances you are dealing with. Jesus sees you. And I want you to be confident and encouraged in the fact that you're not just another number. That you're just not a, another pebble on, 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 a, on a pile of rock. But you, listen, he knows your name. He knows where you live. He knows everything about you. I want to submit that to you. But let me move on. Uh, but he, he not only sees you, he also feels you. Number two, he feels you in your circumstances. Look at verse 34 again. It says, and Jesus, when he came out, uh, came from the shore, he saw a large crowd and he felt compassion for them because they were like a sheep. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. What a picture of Jesus as our great high priest. How he feel about us. He's not only a person of power, but he's a person of in infinite compassion. Verse 34 says, he was moved with compassion for them. The word compassion simply means to have sympathy, to have pity upon. In other words, 
He's in touch with how you feel, with what you are going through. It also has to do with being empathetic. So uh, he's not only, he not only feels you emotionally, but he also understands you experientially. In other words, he is saying to you, I've been there. I've been through what you're going through. He's able to relate to the multitude of hungry people. Check this out. Jesus had already been through what they are, uh, what the multitude was going through. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, And Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. Christ understood what the crowd of people was going through. He had been there, been through it, in the wilderness, lonely, hungry, destitute, for many days and many nights. Jesus understood. He felt. And not only he, he felt emotionally what they was going through, but he empathetically, he felt and they understood what they was going through. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 and verse 15, and I love this verse. It says this. Listen to this. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Verse 15 says, For he do not have a for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize or who is unable to understand or have a shared feeling with our weaknesses. Not our wickedness, but our weakness, our infirmities, our hurts, and our pains and our suffering. He's in touch with our spiritual, physical, and emotional pains. He understands our liabilities, our inabilities, and our limitations that we are suffering with. But was in all points, in, or in all respect, tempted as we are. Watch this. But without sin. All my brothers and sisters, that qualifies him. That qualifies him to be our representative, our mediator, our intercessor. The one who is qualified to represent you and represent myself before the Father to plead our case. Whatever you're going through, he's pleading your case. He's talking to the Father about on your behalf because he want to meet your need. He knows what you're going through. He feels what you're going through. He understands what you're going through. And, 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 and he wants to meet your need. He's keeping us before the, the Father. Now, the Lord not only sees you in your circumstances and feels you in your circumstances, but he also helps you in your circumstances. Number three, he can help you in your circumstances. Listen to verse 41. And 42, it says, and when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and was filled. Now, because Jesus Christ is 100% man, he can feel uh, how we are feeling in our circumstances. And because he's 100% God, he, he can do something about our circumstances 
That's what I love about God. He's man. At the same time, he's God. He's man. I'm glad he's man because he can feel what I'm, I'm feeling. He, he can understand what I'm going through. But him being God, he can also do something about what we are going through. That is why in Matthew chapter 4, we find him hungry and in need of food. But here in Mark chapter 6, we find him taking two fish and five barley loaves of bread and feeding 5,000 uh, men beside women and children. Churches estimated that Jesus fed somewhere between 15 and 20,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. As Jesus ministered the word to the people, his disciples came to him and said, Jesus is getting late and, 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 and you, you might need to be thinking about giving the benediction here so the people can go in, into town and, and, and buy them something each. They need to uh, have time to go buy McDonald's or Burger King and, and, and maybe get them something to eat. And Jesus said in verse 37, he said, uh, he said, you give them something to eat. Now, John let us in on why Jesus said that. John said that he, he, he was testing them. He was testing them because Jesus already knew what he was going to do. But Jesus told them, you give them something to eat. Now in verse 38, it said, but he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. Now, caught again in the book of John, it let us know, it, it tells us that they found a small lad who had five loaves and two fish. And they asked Jesus, but what are two fish and five loaves among so many people? Oh, Jesus was setting them up because he, he was testing them. He, want them to, he wanted to see, do you know who I am? I am the same one that fed a nation in the wilderness for 40 years. I'm the same one that took care of them and the clothes that they wear. It, it, it didn't wear out the sandals that they wore. I the one provided for them in the wilderness for 40 years. Jesus said he was testing them. In verse 39 to verse 42, it tells us that he commanded them, his disciples, to make them all sit down in groups on green grass. So they sat down in ranks of hundreds and fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and was filled. Now, there is so much that I can say, but I just want to bring out some very important points. And, and I want to uh, share, share these points with you. Jesus Christ, number one, Jesus Christ is the source of fixing our negative situations, our negative circumstances. It doesn't matter who or what he used as a resource. We just need to remember that he is the source. See, uh, your job that you got, you, you got to remember that's just a resource. So even if your job say, don't come back, 
we don't need you anymore. You got to remember that was just a resource that God was using at that time. So if your resource run out, you got to remember that God is your source. And you got to remember, listen, he always has more uh, more jobs out there for you. He, he knows he never runs out of anything because he is the source. And we need to look to the source. The doctor says one thing and God uses the doctor as a resource to minister to your needs. But you got to remember, he's just a resource. God is the source of your healing. We got to remember that God is the source and he can use many resources as he want. Number two, like the lad, you must be willing to give up what you have to be a blessing. Whatever you have, give it to Jesus. He can take a little that you got when you give it to him and he can turn it into a lot. But the question is, are you willing to give it up? Because see, sometimes we got to remember that there's somebody else that's in a worse condition than you are. If you can take what God has given to you, no matter how small it is, the key is you give it to Jesus. Jesus can take what you give and he can bless so many. The kingdom of God can be blessed in so much in so many ways if we take what we have, doesn't matter how little it is, and give it to the Lord. It may be a little time that you have, give it to Jesus. It may be a little money that you have, give it to Jesus. It may be a little, the little talent or the gift that you have, you give it to Jesus. Jesus can take your little and he can turn it into a lot. He can do mega stuff with the little thing that you give to him. Number three, like the people, you must be willing to position yourself to receive a blessing. Now, what I mean by positioning yourself, in other words, it is to obediently submit to the word and the will of God in the middle of your situation. I love what James 4 and 10 say. He said, if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will lift you up. If you humble yourself in God's sight, he will lift you up. Listen to this. You might not have much, but if you, but if you have a compassionate Christ, you got everything that you need. Remember this. He, he, he have unlimited access to the Father who owns everything who can do exceedingly, who can make all grace abound toward you. You just got to remember that if you got Jesus, you got all compassion of Christ, you got everything that you need. The word shows us today that God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter how impossible your circumstances may seem, God's word asks us a question. Is there anything too hard for God? And the word also answers that question. Is that with God, all things are possible. In closing, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly, come with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. I'm glad that we got a God that not only sees us, but he feels us. And not only feels us, he can help us 
in our circumstances, in our negative situations that we're going through. And listen, to it. you may be in a situation right now. You may be in a lost situation. And yet you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, I want to submit to you today, and I, and I want to encourage you, that you need to make a commitment to a relationship with God. And the only way you can have a relationship with the God that created you, you got to trust in the finished work of his son, Jesus Christ, that came to earth, born by a virgin, lived a perfect life. They lied on him. They crucified him. He went to an old rugged cross and he died. They took him off that cross and buried him in a borrowed tomb. But on the third day, the Bible said he rose again. And all you have to do is believe that Jesus died for your sin. You got to know that you're a sinner. And you got to realize and confess that you're a sinner. But Jesus Christ and his righteous, his, his righteous act on the cross, he died for your sin. Took all your sin and willing to give you his righteousness. And all you have to do is make a, a commitment to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. If you are listening to me today, you have not made that decision, would love to make that decision today, please repeat this prayer after me and mean it in your heart. Said, Dear God, in the name of Jesus Christ, my Savior and my Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And right today I've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus died for my sins. I believe today and I accept him as my Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of my sins. Come into my heart and save me today and give me eternal life. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. If you made that decision, we ask you that the, the number that is at the bottom of the screen, we ask you to call that number. And if you don't get an answer, uh, just, just believe and know that we will call you back. Just leave a message and a telephone number and we will call you. We love you. We thank God so much for you. And we just pray and hope that this word was a blessing to your life. Guardian of your soul